Hi, this is Steve Andres. I'm the pastor of New City Church, and this is our podcast. Every week at New City, we invite people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and learn how to make a difference. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope that this message inspires and challenges you to love God and serve your city more. If you want more info on New City Church or other resources, go to newcity.life today. But for now, enjoy this message. Welcome to New City Church at home. Uh, thank you for worshiping with us and taking time today. We're, uh, whether you're watching on your TV or your computer or your phone, we're really believing for this to be a blessing to you and to your whole family. Uh, we really are able to do this, first of all, because there's been some wonderful uh, staff and volunteers who've made this possible. But at New City, because we're a mobile church, we get to kind of like the children of Israel pick up and move from one place to the next. And so we are relocated this week and uh, streaming to you. Um, and, and really just thankful for everybody who's making this possible, from the worship team to the people then who come in at different times to set up. Uh, it's really just been a neat experience to see. This season does cause all of us to rethink what is essential and uh, what is good and really what it means to be the church. So as a church, we're going to continue to pray for three groups of people. We said it last week. We're going to pray for those who are sick because of the COVID-19 coronavirus. We're going to pray for their quick recovery and for their healing. We're going to pray for medical professionals. And this is a big one now as cases, as the number of cases kind of uh, continues to increase. We're going to pray uh, as they serve tirelessly, as they serve faithfully. We're going to pray for their safety and for their strength. And then thirdly, we're going to pray for decision makers at all levels, local and national, because the Bible tells us to do that, and we know that they need wisdom right now. So much is changing, and it is changing rapidly, and so we're doing our best uh, to be a resource to you and to your family, and so as soon as this service finishes airing today, an email is going to go out with resources that are available to you personally and to your family starting today. So on our website, we have a way that you can request help or that you can offer help if you are uh, in need during this time or if you're able to provide some help. So anything from picking up groceries for you, prescriptions, uh, to other help around the house, we are determined uh, to make ourselves available to one another in spite of the fear and difficulty that we're experiencing. And to whatever extent the recommendations that our government gives to us uh, allows us to do that, we're going to continue to do so. Now, if you want to get information on New City, you can sign up for emails on our website or you can follow us on social media and any one of the channels that we are present on. Now, this week, uh, we're going to start gatherings online for different groups, from kids programming to youth to young adults, even some content aimed specifically at mentoring couples and other groups of people. So here's the bottom line. Uh, it, I think that when you take couples out of their routine and you put them in one place and you don't let them out, different things could happen. First of all, we could have a corona baby boom. That's the first thing. Or it could go the other way. One, one wife prayed, Lord, I ask for patience to deal with my husband because if I ask for strength and you give it to me, I'll use it to end him right now. So this is the thing. We're going to just try and talk to as many people as we can and create as many opportunities for you to connect online so that we can all adhere to what we know is wise and good during this time but still stay uh, connected and close to one another. Starting tomorrow on Instagram Live and on YouTube Live, we're going to do devotions together. For those of you who want to tune in for five minutes, uh, you'll see the information on that in the email that comes out and more on that on our website in uh, just a little bit. 
If you would, please turn with me today to our text. We've been talking about the Jesus way, and I'm actually going to continue talking about this, even though there's so many different reasons to address uh, you know, some of what we're feeling. I feel like this is a really relevant topic for us today. Matthew chapter 11 is going to be what we talk about today. Beginning in verse 2, it says, Now when John, while imprisoned, heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or should we look for someone else? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, and the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who does not take offense at me. Now, wherever you are, I just invite you to pray with me right now and just ask for uh, God's blessing on his word. And then we're going to talk about it for just a little bit. Father, we come to you right now and we pray, Lord, that you would add your blessing and your anointing to the reading and the hearing of your word. God, we, we don't just want to be hearers of your word. We want to be doers of your word. We know, Lord, that this is a tremendously difficult and, and, uh, and different time for so many of us, but I thank you today that your word has endured and will continue to endure uh, in spite of all the changing seasons. God, in spite of all of the differences of, 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 of culture and, and time and history, Lord, your word has remained a sure foundation. And so we look to it today and we pray that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in our text, we're talking about John the Baptist who, when Jesus approached him, he's the guy who declared, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This was the John the Baptist who was there when the voice from heaven right after that said, This is my son, speaking of Jesus, in whom I'm well pleased. But now in the text that we just read, instead of the momentum that he'd been experiencing before, baptizing people and the crowds of people, he's been imprisoned. And his circumstances have gone from promising to very precarious, almost overnight. Every one of us can really feel that right now. From bright outlooks in, in business, plans for vacation and school, to fear and uncertainty about the future. It, like, it all changed in, in just one minute. Weeks ago, we were smiling and helping everybody out, and now we're elbowing people trying to get the, the last 12-pack of toilet paper. I mean, it's like everything has changed, and it feels like it changed overnight. So let me encourage you with something that I have said many times before, but I want it to be the anchor for us this morning. If you walk with God long enough, some of your exclamation points might turn to question marks. The things that we used to sing with certainty, we now struggle to seize hold of at all. After the text that we just read, Jesus said, John the Baptist is the greatest of the prophets. He goes on, Jesus talks about John the Baptist, and he says he was a, he was a wilderness man, and he wasn't swayed easily. And yet, when his circumstances changed, he went from, behold, the Lamb of God, exclamation point, to, are you the one that we're waiting for? Question mark. It's one thing to believe when you have the crowds and the voice from heaven and the dove and all that, it's another thing to believe in the silence of your prison cell. It's one thing to believe when your friends are all around you and business is strong and family is good and school classes are great or whatever, and it's another thing when you're worried about tomorrow and when, you're cons when you don't have a class to go to and when it looks like business is going to dry up and you don't know what's going to happen. That's a whole nother 
that's a whole other season to believe in. If there's one thing that I would say that's been hard for people to grapple with during this time, it's the loss of control that we feel. Can I suggest to you that we were never as in control as we thought we were? I know that when circumstances change, that's the disruptive feeling that we experience, but the bottom line is we are never as in control as we like to imagine that we are. The best that we can do in these moments is to act with wisdom, to care for others, and to obey those who are in authority. So this happens to John. He goes from things are good to now things are bleak. And Jesus says, send the message to John. Because I can tell that his exclamation point has, has now turned to a question mark. And so give him the message. The blind are seeing. The lame are walking. The dead are raised. And the poor are hearing good news. His circumstances have changed, but I'm still doing exactly what I said I would do. And this is what Jesus says, I will make good on my promises, even though the situation might have changed. Some of you even know the story of how Peter, one of Jesus's three closest friends, cursed and denied even knowing Jesus right at the moment of Jesus's suffering, at the point of his greatest Need And that really, after, after having been there with an earshot of Jesus saying, I don't even know the man, and cursing at that moment, that should have really been the end of, Je of, of Peter's story, really. It should have kind of been, the, and the, the gospel writer should have said, and, and we never heard from Peter again. But this is, the, this is the good news today. It's never done until God says it's done. That means we don't give up until God says it's time to give up. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. Everybody experiences affliction and calamity. Everybody stumbles, but the Christian is not defined by his falling, but by his rising. The Christian is not defined by her failing, but by her rising, her getting up again. The righteous person might fall seven times, but what matters is that they get back up. I might be afraid. I might question God. I might wonder where he is at this moment, but that's not the end of my story. God is not finished with me, and he isn't finished with you either. Business might be bleak. Sickness might be all around you. You might be locked up in fear and uncertainty, but there is no lock that can keep God out. Daniel was locked up in the lion's den. The three Hebrew boys were locked up in the fiery furnace. Paul and Silas were locked up in singing songs at the midnight hour in prison. And in every one of those moments, God found a way in to their circumstances. And so it doesn't matter if you know how you're going to get out. What really matters is that he can get in. He can meet you in the morning. He can be with you while you wait and wonder. He can meet you in your moment of fear and doubt. The Jesus way is the way of the wilderness. It's, the, it's that rugged path of long obedience in the same direction. It trusts that even when circumstances change, God is still working on the things that he has promised to do. Somebody once said this, don't put a comma where God puts a period and don't put a period where God puts a comma. I like that. I've often talked about God's grammar being something that is different than our grammar. And I think it's really important that we note that even in this circumstance, this is not a period. This is not the, the end of the world, full stop. This is, a, this is times are difficult, comma, and now we need to figure out what is God going to do. 
Robert Moore is a name that probably most of you have never heard, but he was a world-class chess player in my grandparents' generation. As the story goes, he was in France waiting for a match, and while he spent his day in a Paris museum, he ran across a very curious painting. It, it was about chess, and so it automatically kind of captured his attention. As he studied it, he realized that it was kind of pulling him in. The painting was a, a picture of the devil sitting opposite a young man with a chessboard between them. The devil's arms are crossed, and he's smugly looking at the young man who is now holding his head in despair. And it's almost like the devil has won, and the title of the painting is Checkmate. It's as if to say the devil had this young man trapped, and the face of the young man really showed it. That was what really captured Robert Moore's attention. And so he, 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 he insisted that a chessboard be brought to him immediately, right there in front of the painting. And he set up the chessboard exactly as it was set up in the painting. And after hours of studying the chessboard, feeling the weight and the fear of that, and the anguish of that young man, Robert Moore jumped up and he shouted, there is one more move. There is still one more move. And the relief in his heart and the relief as he looked at that painting and realized the devil had not won. Think of the day when the Son of God was humiliated and shamed, when he hung alone on a cross, when he breathed his last and he was laid in a tomb sealed with a stone. And we can imagine the prince of darkness, the devil folding his arms in satisfaction and thinking, checkmate but there was still one more move. With God, there is always one more move. That was not the end of the story. Throw Joseph in jail, and there's still one more move. Throw Daniel in jail in the lion's den, and there's still one more move. Put Paul and Silas in prison, and there's still one more move. Even today, see the whole world impacted by this virus and there's still one more move you see the bible says that you are god's possession and he will never leave you he will never forsake you it even says this right after that when you pass through the fire and when the waters over overtake you he still rules and overrules there is always one more move with god that's why when we look at the end of joseph's story in the bible in, in the book of genesis it says really plainly, this was meant for evil, comma, but God meant it for good. Our rising up today is going to start with this rugged faith in God's ability to carry us through the wilderness. It really does. You're, you're, you might be comfortable in your home, but, but being sheltered from everybody else and not being able to have contact with other people, it feels like a wilderness. Let me tell you, God can carry us through this. Our rising today is going to be expressed in our prayer and our generosity and our care for others around us. It's going to begin with me saying, I believe, God, that you are able because of Jesus' sacrifice for me, because, of what, because Jesus hung alone on a cross, I am not alone today. And you can take even the evil and the hurt that's in my world and you can turn it upside down. Some of you, the first step in trusting God is going to be this moment right now. Because no matter what your life has been to this point, I want to tell you, the Bible says you still have one more move. It's the very best move you could have, and it's to trust Jesus to forgive you of your sin and to make you new. 
It was Jesus who said it. It's not a Catholic thing. It's not a Protestant thing. It was Jesus who said that you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. And so today, very plainly and simply, I want to say you must be born again. It's your very best move today that if you will invite the grace of God into your life, made possible only through Jesus Christ, you can be made new today. It's your best move. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me today. This is our confession week in and week out at church. But if this is you today and you say, I need to be made new, and I will trust that what Jesus, because Jesus hung alone on a cross, I don't have to be alone today. Because Jesus paid for my sin, I no longer have to pay for my sin. If you can trust that today, then you can be made new. Let's everybody bow our heads and let's pray together this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me, so I wouldn't have to. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen.